This podcast is presented by Pastor Greg Wheat and Christian Life Church in Lexington and Purcell, Oklahoma. For more information, visit ChristianLifeOK.com. Let me say welcome to week one of our new sermon series, Unplugged, okay? We all know what it's like to have something unplugged. Can I just tell you really quickly, um, I think it was this last week, the staff was working really, really hard uh, at trying to find... um, uh, work out a printer issue and a fax issue. And uh, they worked, I mean, uh, a full day trying to figure out the problems because people were saying, we can't send a fax, we can't send a fax to you. And, and the two daycares were trying to send faxes back and forth to each other. Nothing was working and it was frustrating. They spent the entire day, maybe a good large portion of a half a day trying to figure it out. And, and finally, they realized that it was unplugged from the phone line. So through the remodeling process of one of the offices, one of the cords had gotten unplugged, right? So it's kind of hard to send a fax without a phone line being plugged into it, you know? So what was kind of nice about that was, in one way, you know, we didn't hear the fax machine going off all day, right? Because it was unplugged. And so here's the thing. This series is all about unplugging from all of the holiday distractions, okay? That's what this series is all about, unplugging from all of the holiday distractions. And can I tell you, there are a lot of distractions out there. It doesn't take long for us to realize this time of year that things start getting busy and there are a lot of distractions that distract us from our normal day life and our normal way of living and and those things. So we're going to talk about how we can unplug from the holiday distractions and begin to refocus our attention on what's really important this holiday season. And we talk about this almost year after year, but it's so important because uh, of the things that we're bombarded with through company parties and through the busyness and the holiday shopping and all the things that we're going to talk about in this series, it's easy to get distracted from what's really, really important. And, and, and it's easy for us to lose focus on what's really important. So this series is all about helping you and I unplug from all of the distractions that are around us every day and begin to refocus our attention on what's important. Turn to your neighbor and say, important. Important. I want us to focus on what's important. And this, for the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about what's really important. And we all know the answer to that. Right? We all know that what Christmas and what the season's really all about and the important part of what Christmas is all about. But it's easy to get distracted and lose our focus on what's really, really important. So whether you realize it or not, whether you're, you're ready or not, Christmas is just a few weeks away. How many of you are ready? If you're not ready, you've got 22 days to be exact to be ready. It's fastly approaching, and and the song tells us that it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? That's, That's true. It's the most wonderful time of the year, but while that is true, it's also the most hectic time of the year because of all of the things going on in our lives, all right? With all the decorating. How many of you got your de- Christmas decorations up? Let me see your hand. Christmas decorations are up, okay? And before you can even put them up, you got to go dig them out of the attic, 
right? Or wherever you store them, outside in a barn, in a shop, or whatever, and you bring them in, there's dust everywhere, and you've got stuff all over your house. And so we're busy with all the hecticness of decorating and party planning. And not only party planning, then we got to go to the parties, you know, like the Christmas parties and the church parties and the, and the work parties and our friends' parties and, and all of those parties that we go to and, and celebrating. And, and then there's the baking. How many people bake cookies or baked goods or candy for the holidays. Let me see your hand, okay? So there's all that baking, and you can't just wait till the night before. You've got to start ahead of time. You know, in Janelle's family, she's got a brother that passed, has been, the tradition has been passed on to him. He makes candy, and he makes some really good candy, but he makes enough where he takes it to work, and all of his coworkers want it now. And, and you know, he makes it for all the family, and he mails it out to the family, so we all get candy this time of year. So, but it's busy. It's hectic trying to get all these things done, and if it's not decorating and party planning and baking, it's shopping. How many people have been shopping lately? Shopping is kind of hectic, and here's the thing. Right now, there are people shopping while we're in worshiping. Did you know that? And actually, we've got some footage, live footage, from a webcam at Walmart right now. Take a look at some of these people and what they're doing right now, shopping while we're in church. It's crazy out there. These people are trying to get the greatest deals and shopping. It's hectic this time of year. How many of you really enjoy that part of the year of Christmas? Yeah, it's not real fun at all. Here's some some ideas to keep in mind. While people are busy shopping and all the hectic times of shopping, here's some statistics to keep in mind. Interesting Christmas statistics. UPS will ship over 700 and 50 million packages for Christmas. That's a lot. Amazon will ship over 1 billion packages for Christmas this year. Over 150 million chocolate Santas are made and sold for Christmas. How many of you eat a chocolate Santa? Only one person. Okay. Over 100, excuse me, 1.6 billion candy canes are made and sold for Christmas. That's really five candy canes per person in the United States. How many of you love candy canes? A few more. I really don't enjoy eating candy canes, but 1.6 billion candy canes are made and sold this time of year at Christmas. Businesses will tell you that over 30% of their annual income comes in during Christmas this time of year. That means that you and me, turn to someone and say, that's you, You and me are spending, whether you realize it or not, 30% more this time of year. The average family, and I think this is kind of low, the average family in the United States will spend over $700 for Christmas. And some people will spend way more than that. That equals over $465 billion for the national average. That's how much money is spent this time of year, every year. So I want you to listen carefully to this sermon this morning, because we're talking about unplugging from all the chaos of Christmas, and if we're going to unplug from the chaos of spending, which is what we're going to talk about this morning, we're going to have to do a few things, because this time of year, it gets chaotic And we're tempted to spend more and more this year because it's Christmas. So if we're going to unplug from the chaos of spending more, 
There's three things I want to share with you this morning that we can do that will help you unplug from the chaos of spending. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Resist the temptation to conform. Resist the temptation to conform. And you may be here this morning and think, I'm, I'm a nonconformist. I don't conform, right? But you probably conform more than you realize, all right? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So this morning, I want to encourage you to resist the urge to conform to our current culture and what this culture is trying to tell us about Christmas and about our spending. So the culture is spending a lot, statistics show us. Our culture is really out of control with its spending. Our culture is serious about getting and having stuff, right? We want our stuff. And whether you realize it or not, we spend hours, hours thinking about and hours working to get the stuff that we have. I say this a lot to our kids. You know, when they're in the car with us at our house, we're doing it. I said, you know what? Your mom and I have worked very, very hard over the years to get the stuff. There's that word that we have. You know, and a lot of times kids think, well, it's just here. It magically appears, right? And you as a parent or grandparent understand and know that you have to work hard for the stuff that you have, right? How many of you have to work hard for the stuff you have? All right, a few of us. The rest of you, let me know what your secret is. But we spend hours, whether you realize it or not, thinking about and working to get the stuff that we have. We get the stuff. Then we use the stuff. Then we break our stuff. And then we get rid of the stuff so that we can buy more stuff. Is that you? That's most of us. That's how we live our lives. That's the cycles that we go through. And there's so much pressure this time of year to find the perfect gift right? There's pressure to find that perfect gift to get more stuff for our spouse, right? You can't just run out and get a gift, any old gift for your spouse. You've got to find the perfect gift. You can't just run out and buy any old gift for your kids because you've got to find the perfect gift for your kids and your family. And if that's not enough, you know, you always have that one friend that buys you something, right? And then you feel like, oh, they bought me something. I've got to go buy them something. So you've got to go buy your friend something. And you have the company parties you've got to buy for. And you've got to buy that perfect gift, whether it's a, a white elephant or not. You know, you want to be that one during the white elephant. Everybody thinks, oh, that person brought the, the best white elephant gift, right? So you're always looking for the perfect gift for everybody in your life that you have to buy for, even the coworkers at work. And retailers aren't stupid. Retailers understand this about you and me. And retailers spend big money to get you to spend your money. Did you realize that? Now, we're talking about this morning, don't forget, how can we unplug, right? How can we unplug from the chaos of Christmas spending? Okay, it starts out, as I've said, by realizing these things and realizing that companies and corporations and retailers spend big money to get you to spend your money. They make you believe that your self-worth, right, comes from how much stuff that you have. You can hear it on the radio, you can hear it in advertising, you can see it on TV, you can read it in magazines, and that's the message that's being sent. 
that your self-worth comes from having this or that or more stuff that you want or need. And they know you're looking for those perfect gifts this time of year. And so they, they advertise towards that. You know, you can't just buy your kids, you know, one small version of something. You've got to buy them the, the biggest and the best version of that. And so you're looking for the perfect gift, and they know it, so they paint the perfect picture of happiness in their advertising. And when you listen to it, and when you see it, and when you read it, they're doing that in hopes that you're going to run out and purchase their products, right? That's, that's the secret behind all of this. But we all know what happens a few months, right, after Christmas. When Christmas is over, what happens? The new wears off. That one thing that you couldn't live without, that thing you had to have, that stuff that you wanted and you, you drooled over and you dreamed about, right? All of that stuff, the new wears off, and then what do you do? You're in need of more stuff. You want to run out and have more stuff and buy more stuff because you feel like that will make you happy again. If you're listening here this morning, write this down and listen carefully. If you put your happiness in temporary things, you're going to end up with temporary happiness. And really, that's what the chaos of Christmas spending does. We're in this chaotic mode. We've got to go spin, 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 spin. We've got to find that perfect gift because it's going to bring that person happiness. That's going to bring, we can't wait to see our kid's face. Can I tell you something? We spent, not a lot of money, but when our kids were, were smaller, maybe eight, ten years old, you know, in, in Texas, they, there's a, a motorcycle place that had this deal on little tiny miniature four-wheelers. Anybody remember those? Were, did, am I the only one that bought those things? So there were little miniature four-wheelers, and they were, they were the coolest thing, and everybody wanted one, and so we made the trip down, and we bought a couple of miniature four-wheelers. They fit in the door, and we, we waited till the kids went to sleep, and because we, we bought in this idea, right, that spending, spending, the chaos of Christmas spending is exciting, and we, we want to buy that perfect gift for our kids, and we couldn't wait to see their faces light up when they ran in on Christmas morning and saw two four-wheelers underneath the Christmas tree. And they weren't the little plastic battery ones. They're four-wheelers. I mean, they're nice ones. The problem with that was we never could get them to run. And so I ended up pushing them a lot of times and, and making motorcycle noises with them. And then we had to sell the things because we never could get them to start and run. So you know, we were kind of disappointed. And that's usually what happens. The new wears off. And then we have to run out and buy more stuff because we think our happiness comes from the stuff that we have. And maybe you kind of feel that way. And maybe you've never thought about it that way. But... When, when you think about this, don't you get just a moment of happiness when you, when you buy something? When you go to the store and you buy something, whether it's a, a new pack of ammo for the guys that shoot guns, or a new purse, or a new pair of shoes, or, or whatever it is, don't you just get a little excited about it? And so we put our happiness with that stuff. If you put your happiness in temporary things, you're going to end up with temporary happiness. Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33 says it this way. Matthew chapter 6, 31 through 33. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Don't be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. So don't worry about missing out and you'll find that all of your everyday human needs will be met. That's the word of God speaking to us this morning. 
Number two, if you're going to unplug from the chaos of Christmas spending, number two, resist the temptation to overspend. Practical things this morning that will help you. Resist the temptation to overspend. Did you realize that Americans spend $23 billion in Christmas toys each year? That's a lot of money. And people are tempted to overspend for several reasons, and I've alluded to one already, commercials. Commercials have made our culture believe that you spend more because that person means more. If someone means a lot to you, then you need to spend more on them, so you're tempted to overspend. You know what? You may have, you may have hit a rough patch in your, in your relationship with this person or your marriage, and, and you feel like, well, you know, Christmas is my time to really let them know how much I love them, and so I'm going to go out and I spend, and you overspend to try to show them how much you really love them. And commercials have made that and put that thought in our minds. Spend more means that you, that you love them more. The more you spend, the more you care about that person, as that's what commercialism has done to us. Number two, statistics are showing us this, and the reason why we have a tendency to overspend. Statistics are showing us that thanks to the internet, Americans are becoming addicted to shopping. And then you wonder why you're overspending. Because we're more and more addicted to shopping. How is that possible? It's possible because shopping is convenient. Now, you can be shopping right here in church, making me think that you're taking notes. Man, that person, I watched them, they're on their phone, they're taking notes in church. Surely they're not playing a game. Surely they're hanging on every word I say, and they're taking notes, they're checking in on Facebook, they're sharing these things and, and trying to win the world for Christ, right? Maybe, or maybe you could be shopping right now. You can be on Amazon right now in church shopping for Christmas, and maybe you haven't ever thought of that. You thought, good idea. Thanks for the idea, Pastor. <laughs> Shopping has become more convenient than it's ever been in the past. There's no driving. There's no waiting in lines. All you have to do is simply get out your phone or your computer, your laptop, from whether you're at home, whether you're watching TV, if you're at work, anywhere, everywhere, all the time, even in church, you can shop online. You can have it ordered and sent to your door all in of a matter of just a few clicks away on your phone. And statistics show us, listen carefully, we spend one hour a week in church, maybe for some, but we spend five hours a week shopping. Those are real hard statistics. One hour a week may be worshiping God or in church, but five hours a week, at a minimum, we spend shopping online or in a store. It's made that easy by using your phone or your laptop. And did you realize this? That this is the first time in history since the Great Depression that the national average for household savings is zero. That's the national average. What is that saying? We're addicted to shopping. We want to spend, 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 spend. We want to overspend. And when we do, it's taking money out of savings. And so, first time in history. That means that people are spending more and what? saving less. Listen to this. The average credit card debt in America is over $9,000. That may be low for some, and that may be high for others, but the national average, American average, is over $9,000. So we're so programmed to pull out the plastic, aren't we? Shop from home, shop in church, shop wherever you are, shop in the store, online and and we pull out the plastic and we play now and we want to pay later 
The problem with that is we most usually never get around to paying for it, right? Most people never get it paid off. They just keep adding to it and adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. And it keeps piling up so much that they don't know how to get out of debt. They don't know how to get out of it. So during this season, we're more tempted to overspend. And so I'm trying to help us see that and help us stay away from that. And here's some ideas to keep in mind. Keep in mind this. Make a list of the people that you have to shop for in your life. Make a, make a list of the people that are in your life that, that, that you have to do something for at Christmas. And here's some novel ideas for you. Instead of buying something for all of them, all right, do something special for them, okay? And everybody can think of something that they would like, some, some special thing. So do something special for them. Or here's a novel idea, make something special for them. I know what you're thinking. Well, that sounds cheap, right? Well, we're trying to keep you from overspending this time of year. And like the Word of God says, don't buy into commercialism and don't buy into, right, conforming to the world and the patterns in this world. So those are two ideas that can help you. And if that's not your desire, if that's not your taste and you want to spend some money, can I tell you, set a budget. Set a budget for your family and how much that you're going to spend this year at Christmas on the people in your life. So make a list of the people you have to buy for or get for or do something for. Do something special for them. Make something special for them. And if you do have to buy for them, it doesn't mean that you have to go in debt to do that. Set a budget, something that you can afford and you don't have to go in debt for. And then let me just give you two practical things. When you go shopping, look at the sales rack. Like when you go into Walmart or Target or wherever you shop, Academy, Whatever it is, look for the sales rack or look for the clearance aisle and begin to shop there first. Those are some basic, easy things that can help you stay out of debt this Christmas. The last thing I want to share with you this morning is this. If you're going to unplug from the chaos of Christmas spending, because that's what we're talking about, resist the temptation to overlook. Now, you're going to have to listen carefully to this point this morning. You need to resist the temptation to overlook. How many of you realize it's easy to overlook things? Me and two or three other people. Okay. How many of you ever have had a pair of sunglasses or a pair of glasses that you've been looking for, and you've looked and looked and looked but overlooked them because they were on your head? Has that ever happened? Okay, a few more people. How many of you have tried to find your keys, right, only to realize they were right in front of you to begin with? Just yesterday, Kyson and I were trying to clean some guns before we put them up, and, and the, the floor was riddled with stuff on the floor, and we were looking for that they make a bundle of white patches that you spray stuff on, you can clean your guns off with, and, and we were looking for them, like, where are the patches? You just had them in your hand. Well, you had them, Dad. No, I gave them to you. You had them, and you know how that goes, right? We were looking for them, looking for them, looking all over. We spent 10 minutes looking for those dumb patches only to realize they were right in front of us. We overlooked them. It's easy to overlook, and I, I said listen carefully to this point. If we're going to resist the temptation to uh, chaos of Christmas spending, resist the temptation to overlook. Did you realize that Jesus' parents overlooked him? I don't know if you've really noticed it, thought about it, or recognized it. Maybe you've overlooked it, but Jesus' parents overlooked him. 
And the the Bible tells us that in Luke chapter 2, around verse 44, Jesus and his parents went to celebrate Passover. And while they were celebrating Passover, having a great time, they were celebrating like Christmas. Are you with me? Having a great time, celebrating. And they celebrated and celebrated. When it was time for them to go home, they packed up their stuff and they made the journey home. They got a day away from Jerusalem and realized, uh, where's Jesus? Jesus wasn't with them. They had to go all the way back, a day's journey back into Jerusalem. And then the Bible says they looked three more days. Would that not freak you out? Your kid, your child, the one you love, and in their case, the Savior of the world. Think about how history could have been different. A day's journey, a day's journey back, and three days looking for him. They overlooked Jesus Christ, their own son. God's son. So pick it up in verse 44, and this is what it says. Thinking that he was in their company, they traveled for a day. Then the light bulb went on, and they began looking for him among among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. We can't judge them. You can't judge them. I can't judge them. We can't judge them. And why is that? Because we do the same thing in our celebration. They were celebrating Passover. We're celebrating Christmas. The one holiday that is about Christ. Yet we overlook him in our celebrating. That same thing happens in our day-to-day life. We overlook Christ and we overlook him in the very holiday celebrated in his name. Let me just tell you, it's easy to get caught up in the moment. It's easy to get caught up in the spending and the buying and the stuff and the chaos of Christmas and the celebrations and all this stuff. It's easy to get caught up in the moment and overlook the important, right? We can, we can get so caught up and we can overspend on the temporal and then we can overlook the eternal. Let me say that again because that's what happens to us year after year. You and me fall into the trap and we overspend on the temporary things, the temporal, and then we overlook the eternal. And some people spend more at Christmas Then they give to Christ, the one that Christmas is all about, all year long. Let me say that again. Some people spend more at Christmas than they give to Christ all year long. Listen carefully when I say this to us this morning. When it comes to our time, when it comes to our money, we usually spend what we don't have to get more things we don't need, to impress people we don't care about or we don't know or we don't like, and then we feel like we can't afford to honor God. And that happens on a regular basis to most of us, especially at Christmas. So what does that say about us? What it says is this, that a lot of times we're more dedicated to the gifts than to God. Pastor, I came to church hoping you'd make me feel better. 
In order to get better, we've got to hear the truth. Because the Bible says the truth will set us free, right? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28. A life devoted to things is a dead life. Listen to that. A life devoted to things is a dead life. The three wise men knew this. They spent their time and they spent their money to honor the birth of our Savior. They spent their time, they traveled a great distance. Do we spend our time honoring God by traveling to church week after week? Do we spend our time to honor God in a regular time with Him week after week? Do we spend our money to honor God or do we spend it in all the other things? And then we don't have enough to honor God with. Let me just say this. I hear this a lot. And people don't mean it. But as a pastor, I pick up on it. Sometimes we'll be visiting with people in general. Just in general. Because a lot of times people think he's talking about someone here in church. I'm not. I'm just saying in general. And then you think, who is he? Who is he talking about? I'm not talking about anybody. Okay? All I'm trying to say is a lot of times I hear this a lot. And I'm not the only pastor. Man, that church is, do you see what they did? Do you see, oh, like we drove past last night. We drove past a church called Journey Church. Wow, they've got it all lit up and the lights everywhere. And oh, wow, it was wow. And then someone said, oh, the inside, man, when you go to one of their services, wow, they've just got, wow, it's everywhere. Oh, wow. I'm like, you know, it's good. I'm happy for them. You know why you can have the wow? Because someone gave. Think about that. So when we want to say, wow, 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 that's wow because people in that church gave to have the wow. Does that make sense? And it's not just about the wow. It's about honoring the one that the wow is about. How's that? So the question is this. Do we really believe in honoring God? Because we get so wrapped up in all the other things about Christmas that we overlook what's really important. So the three wise men spent their time. They spent their money to honor the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, God, Yahweh, the King of kings, the great I am. They traveled a great distance and they spent their time and their money to honor him. And you know what the Bible says to you and me? Proverbs chapter 3, 9 says, Honor God with everything you own. Give him your first and your best, not your crappy leftovers, if there's any leftover at all, right? It doesn't say that part. I made that up. Another version says this, honor the Lord with your income and the first of your increase. So let me ask you this morning as we wrap it all up in a nice, neat Christmas bow. Number one, do you have a tendency to conform to the patterns of this culture? To want more? To have more? To get more? To buy more? Number two, do you have a tendency to overspend year long, every year, every day of the year, and mainly at Christmas? Number three, do you have a tendency to overlook God instead of honoring God with your time and with your money? You see, I can't answer that for you. Only you can answer that. And this morning I want us to pray, and I want you to, I want you to ask yourself those questions. And then I want you to ask, God, how can I be different starting today? And let Him speak to your heart about these things. It's never too late to change. Starting right here, right now, with God's help, you can decide to make a change in your life.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together and we thank you for your word. We thank you for a time that we can open up your word and and learn from your word in practical ways here together in church. Lord, this time of year is busy for all of us. It's chaotic. We're all busy doing all the things in this celebration of your birth. So Lord, I pray in this time of celebration, help us, God, not to conform to this culture. Help us to resist that temptation that says that we have to have more and more and more. I pray, God, that you help us to be determined this year that we're not going to overspend because we have a tendency when we overspend to overlook what's important and you're the important. It's tragic, God, for us to overspend and then overlook you and not be able to honor you in the appropriate way the rest of the year. So, Lord, help us to be determined that we're going to unplug from these things this year starting today, that we're going to be mindful of them and we're going to be aware of them and that we're going to be determined not to do these things with your help and your strength. Help us to do this for your glory, God, and for the better of our, ourselves and our church. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.